Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Each month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digests from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as to guided meditation programs. Audible helps people get more stories and information through the gift of found time, allowing you to listen while running errands, cooking, exercising, gardening, or relaxing at home. This year, my self-care practice centers heavily on creating space to learn more. So I'm currently listening to A Promised Land, narrated by the former president himself, Barack Obama. A Promised Land is an intimate and introspective autobiography that shares candid insight on the balancing act of running for office as a Black American, the forces that oppose him at home and abroad, how living in the White House affected his wife and daughters, plus so much more. If autobiographies aren't your thing, no worries. Audible has literally thousands of titles to help you achieve your goals, whether it's living more mindfully, finishing more books, or becoming a better parent, leader, or person, Audible's got you covered. Visit audibletrial.com slash bewellsis for more. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bewellsis. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar. Ooh, hey, sis, how you doing? I mean, how are you holding up? Each week, we live through even more and more pivotal moments of our country's history, and my goodness, things get more and more interesting, and damn, I'm just really ready for a slow news week. Like, I am so sick and tired of being sick and tired. But anyway, I'm not going to waste your time dwelling and rehashing what's going on in in the news because you already know. Any case, I just hope that you are well, that you are thriving, and that you are just staying above all the foolishness. So let's go ahead and hop into this week's What's On My Radar. So first up, we have SheMatters.io, and they describe themselves as a community where your new life begins to assist you on the mental wellness journey through community, resources, and therapists who understand Black culture. I love that. The focus is really on Black moms and their postpartum period, which we know can be incredibly complex and so delicate. So their community serves as a safe space to navigate those changes with people who have either been there or are certified to help you navigate while understanding the nuances of Blackness. So, so good. They are called SheMatters.io. And the next up on what's on my radar is Jasmine Sullivan, Jasmine Sullivan, Jasmine Sullivan. Give her all her flowers. So her latest project is called Hotels. And if you aren't new here, you already know how I feel about music and how music is a big part of how I stay well, (laughs) pretty much. Um, And her latest project has just really just been a nice escape from the madness. So... I'm just so, so happy that she put this out. She has a ton of amazing features. If you haven't listened to it yet, please go ahead, give it a listen. It'll just be like a nice little just, ah, for you to breathe. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Jasmine Sullivan is on my radar. Honestly, of course I've always known who she was, right? But 
nothing really spoke to me like that. But this one, baby, this is it. So yes, Jasmine Sullivan. You know what else has been a really nice escape from the mess of the past few weeks? Has been speaking to this episode's featured guest. Her name is Janelle of The Nurse No. Janelle is just, just a light. She's just always so bright and knowledgeable and just just easy. And I'm just so grateful that we had this opportunity to actually sit down and talk and record an episode together. So a bit more about her. She is a registered nurse with a master's degree in public health. And during her nursing career, she spent many of her years educating young women about reproductive and sexual health. She's an accomplished writer, and she's also been a contributor to um, everything from sisters from AARP, um, The Body, the HIV resource, Nix's, The Monthly, and Modern Fertility blogs. In her spare time, you can find her writing to her own reproductive health and wellness blog called thenursenotes.com. In our convo, we had a really good kiki about a little bit about everything concerning reproductive wellness, but spent a good amount of time talking about how to effectively advocate for ourselves in both the bedroom and when dealing with our healthcare practitioners. So getting what you want and what you need all boils down to self-advocacy. Self-advocacy refers to an individual's ability to effectively communicate convey, negotiate, or assert his or her own interests, desires, and rights. Now, this is especially important when speaking about situations with such high stakes. For example, who you entrust to help bring your child into this world, who you trust to connect with intimately, and how you enforce healthy boundaries to make sure that your needs and wants are met and heard. So let's get into this episode. Thanks again for joining. I'm so, so happy you're here. Be well, sis. All right. So today we have Janelle King with us. She is the Nurse Notes. She is the queen of all things Coochie Conversations. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for having me. Round two, we're going to do this and it's going to yes. work this time. <laughs> yes. So let me give you guys some backstory. So I actually had a conversation with her this summer, right? Yes. And yeah. it was so, so good. At the time I was using my husband's laptop, I thought I understood it and I did not. So the file was corrupted <laughs> and I was just heartbroken. So here we are months later after I had like a couple of scheduling mishaps here we are. We're talking. That's, that's okay. This this is supposed to be our time. So we're going to do it. We're going to do it well this time. Yeah. So thank you so much for your time and for your patience and understanding. You are the bomb. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just jump right into it. So I feel there's like a lot of like vaginal wellness, like gurus, like on TikTok, on Instagram, and you are actually a clinician you work, this is what you do, okay? So what are your top like do's and absolute don'ts when it comes to vaginal wellness? So I always go by, I always think less is more. So you don't have to do overdo things. So with your vagina, it has its own pH um, and you want to maintain that pH. So you don't want to do too much to throw your pH off. So 
I'm, I'm of the mindset as most clinicians would, will tell you, like, don't douche. So you shouldn't be douching be just because, you know, you're inserting water or whatever's in your douche and that can totally throw off your vaginal pH. And when it can strip of the, like the good bacteria. And when you do that, it can lead to things like bacterial vaginosis or other infections. So don't douche. Um, there's always, there's a big debate about what you should use down there. So I'm of the mindset, there's a couple of schools of thought of that. I'm of the mindset, you use what works. So for me, that's something that's a mild cleanser, something that is going to be mild on my skill just because I'm sensitive down there. So that works for me. If you've been using, you know, the name brand things and they work for you, then you can continue to do, uh, to continue to use those. So we always um, are a little fearful of things that are like scented just because the, the scents in there can really throw off your vaginal pH. Um, clean it every day or as often as you need to. Uh, <laughs> that's always a good thing. I, um, I exercise a lot and um, I sweat a lot down there. So one of the rules is not to stay in damp wet clothing for a long period of time just because, you know, that's how... Um, bacteria grows down there. So that can lead to more yeast infection. So as soon as you can, as soon as it's optimal, you change out of wet clothing, put something dry on, take a shower, put something dry on and then, you know, head out on, on your way. That's the same thing with like in the summertime when you're swimming or out at the pool, kind of the same idea there too as well. The last time we spoke, you said not to wear um, like the athletic pants or the yoga pants. And yes. You just broke my little heart because I love me a good like spandex like just for every day. And I'm just like, dang. You can't, you shouldn't live in them. So it's okay to wear them. But like, I mean, I, I love a black tights as much as the next gal, but you can't, you shouldn't live in them just because it's, it creates heat and moisture and traps stuff down there. So it doesn't give um, enough airflow. And then you, you can, your pH bacteria off and that leads to more. Um, issues. Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. It's just dang, I had to give that up and it hurt my feelings. But so makes perfect sense though. Short, some shorts on, you know, yes. shirt, you good to go. <laughs> it's not the same. The, the, the stretchy pants like hide all my lumps and bumps. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, one thing that I've been noticing a lot of too are these. Um, what do you call those things? The the steams. What are your thoughts on like the vaginal steams? So I can't say I'm against them. I'm kind of neutral on them. So I had to try it. Like I kept, like yourself, I kept hearing all this stuff about them. So I'm like, well, let me just try this out, see what this is about. Um, it was for me a self-care activity. I enjoyed it mm -hmm. um, just because I think it was the first time I was alone in years. So I didn't have to like <laughs> no crying baby around me. My husband's not bothering me. So I enjoyed that part. Um, it, it does get very hot. So it's very easy to get burnt down there. Like, so I had to like mm. readjust my positioning because it's steam, right? So it's really, mm. it's hot. You can, you can get burnt. So I'm not one to say, don't do it. If it's something that you're doing as part of your self-care and you enjoy doing it, continue to do it. Just be careful doing it just because, you know, it's hot steaming water and you can get burnt down there. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I, I don't, shun away from things that are more like natural or holistic. Um, I think you should do them if that's what you are doing as part of your self-care, but um, just be careful with the caveats. Yeah. Um, and then while you were talking about, you know, cleansing and just practicing general hygiene, one thing that I realized is that a lot of people don't know the difference between the vagina, the vulva, like the mom's like, 
people just don't know. That so let's say don't cleanse the, don't clean the vagina. They're like, what do you mean don't clean the vagina? Right. So the vagina is actually the internal structure. So if you, that's the thing you can shove your finger up, like where you're putting your tampon, that is your vagina. The external part uh, your, is the vulva. So that's the part that you should be cleaning every day or as often as necessary for you. You know, you soap and mild soap and water is usually what I recommend. Um, and you, you can clean that area as often as, as you need to. It's not all the vagina. No, right? no. Yes. We definitely want you to clean the outside of yes. the, the vulva, your outside parts, um, the internal structure, your actual vagina. That is, it's, a, it's essentially self-cleaning. So you don't need to do a lot to keep that area clean. And then let's talk a bit about um, our sexual health. The I don't want to say the younger people, but people when it comes to <laughs> talking about like lubrication and all that, like in lubricant, um, like there's like a little bit of a stigma there. Like, mm. oh, I don't, I don't need to lose you lube and yada yada and thoughts on lube. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should use it if you need it. I mean, why are you going to put yourself, that's what it's designed for, right? So, I mean, there's certain periods of time where a woman may find that they're less lubricated, like, especially like after having a baby, if you're breastfeeding, things like, like that nature, where you just might not be as wet down there. Use the lube. That, that is exactly what it's intended for. Now, um, a couple caveats, you should use ones... Um, that contain certain ingredients. Like you wouldn't use an oil-based lube, especially if you're using condoms, like just because the oil-based ones can destroy the condoms. And if you're trying to prevent pregnancy, um, that's not the way to go. Um, and just, you just have to look out for certain ingredients in the lube, but I, I'm totally of the, that's what it's there for. Why wouldn't you use it? Yes, yes. Not to my own personal business out there, but I remember <laughs> when we were like in college, right? And you know that, well, I'll just say that feeling after sex where like you kind of, it burns a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's not a, it's not like a, a UTI, but just right. like the first pee after sex, it's like kind of burns. You're like, it's oh, like, a little sting there. Yes. It's a little, <laughs> right. <laughs> and I would be like with my girls like, oh, he did that. No, he did not do that. Girl, like. <laughs> I would tell my younger self, like, hey, baby girl, you need some lube. Like, you need some lube. Just use the lube. It is, it is perfectly okay. I mean, we, I got lube upstairs and I, I use it when it's necessary. So there's no yes. shame about that. If you need it, that is exactly what it's there for. Um, I tend to use things um, that are, I guess, more natural ingredients, like the honey pot makes a lube. I don't know if they still make it, but that's like my favorite. Um, Same. And it, and it doesn't throw off your vaginal pH. So that is what lube is there for. Please use it. Don't put yourself through that agony if you don't need to. Yes. And um, pain when it comes to sex, should it should never be. It should never be painful or uncomfortable at all. Right. Um, right. That's what I would also tell my younger self. Like, if you're not comfortable, speak up. Like, please. it's okay to speak up. Please yes. thank you. Because I mean, you got to think of it from your partner's perspective. It's they don't want to hurt you. They want to see you mm -hmm. enjoy yourself. So you going through pain or struggling through pain is it's it's not beneficial to the relationship and to one another. So if you know the position you're in is hurting or I'm old now, so a certain thing I can't hold my leg up like I used to, like girl, girl. Uh, tap out, be like, yeah, we gotta switch this up. It's not gonna work. <laughs> yes. Yep. So absolutely. Um pain should never be a thing when it comes to sex. Sex should be pleasurable. Um, exactly. Yeah. In, in every way. Um and I 
it is January, so I did want to touch on um, it's cervical National Cervical Cancer Awareness Month. So if we can touch on um, how to keep ourselves healthy in that as aspect, what are your thoughts? So cervical cancer is usually um, a result of HPV. Um, so you get HPV, which is thought to be a sexually transmitted disease, and it over time, it'll morph into cervical cancer. So one of the things you can do as a young woman, starting from the age of 21, is to get a pap smear. So regardless of sexual activity, whether or not you're having sex or not, you should start getting your pap smear at age 21. And so the recommendations, if you get a pap smear and you know, you're all good, they don't find any abnormal cells, you should get one every three years. Now, between the ages of, I wanna say like 30 and like 64, 65, you do have the option of getting co-testing. So there's like the HPV test along with um, a pap smear that you would get every five years if everything is normal. You can do the HPV testing by itself every five years if everything is normal. If you happen to get a pap test that is abnormal or HPV test that is abnormal, you know, you'll follow up with your physician and they will do um, probably do more testing more frequently. Okay. Super, super important. Um, it's as long as you like stay on top of things, it, it's, yeah. the, you, you, the mortality is pretty low. So please like get tested. Yes, please. And thank you. And I do want to add like, so the recommendation is not to not get a pap smear under the age of 21. Now, I, I worked with teens for a long time and they used to come in. We, we would do pelvic exams. So if you have something going on and, you know, discharge or you want your, your OBGYN and your sexual health um, practitioner to look at, they can do a pelvic exam if you're under the age of 21. They won't do a pap exam. And the reason for that is just because the studies have showed that, you know, if there is like HPV or cell changes under the age of 21, they, they usually resolve itself. Mm -hmm. And so they find that like uh, pap smears are just not necessary. And then I believe, I want to say it's 65, like over the age of 65, they just, it's not necessary to get. Yeah. yeah very interesting. And the, I feel like the guidelines change like almost every two years, it seems like. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think they did an update recently. I feel like it's like every, every three years, get your, you know, pap. So I'm, I'm going to my, I'm actually going to my doctor to, like on Friday. So, you know, I know what time it is. And yes. Like, Hey, hey right. girl, it's that time. <laughs> you know what I started doing? I started making like my OBGYN appointment around my birthday. So mm. I know my birthday is coming up. So go and get my annual checkup. Right. It's like, it's so easy for us just to forget, especially if right. there's nothing really going on. Like if there's that nothing, is true. Nothing so abnormal. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like even if, so even if you're, you get no, like your normal PAP results, you can still check in with your um, sexual health or women's health practitioner every year, just to go through a basic wellness business. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're STI testing, if you need HIV testing, anything like that, pelvic exams, things of that nature, you certainly can get those done in between the time that you're getting pap smears. Yes, definitely. Um, and for the most part, I believe the well woman exam is free. It's not something that they charge you that you, that you can charge out of pocket for. Your insurance will cover it 100%. So correct, correct. Go get it at, done. Yes, at least once a year. One thing that I like about my practitioner is that she actually will 
order all of my chem stuff too. So she'll do mm. like my CBC, everything. Cause I don't go to uh, another doctor. She's gotcha. Like, oh, you're not going anywhere else. So I'll just order these <laughs> things for you too. I'm the same. Complete care. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I've, I've already in my, cause I'm already in there. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to ask you. I was literally was just talking about this with my sister. I'm like, I'm going to ask her CBC. I went and uh, mm-hmm. this and that. And she was like, oh my God. <laughs> I know she'll do it, but I'll ask, you know, yeah. so yeah, it's really important. That's another thing I should add, like just in terms of overall like sexual health and vaginal health, like you should have a practitioner that you have a relationship with. So somebody that you can, that you like, first of yes. all, and that's going to take your, take what you're saying into consideration. You guys can sit down and make a plan for your sexual and reproductive health. Um, and somebody that you can see or send a note to, send a message to when you're having issues. It's, it's super important. So um, especially for younger women, I had a conversation recently. They're like, I don't, I don't have, like they're turning 21. So they're like, I don't have an OBGYN or, you know, I'm like, well, that's really important to find somebody. I know some, you know, primary care doctors will do that maybe for the first time. They'll do your first pap, but they really want you to establish a care with somebody who's going to provide you with these well women visits. Yes, absolutely. And I like that you mentioned that something that you like. That's so important. If yeah. you don't like the person, you don't trust the person, there is no obligation to stay with them because Correct. they're in your most intimate space. Like, right. Yes. Like, and if you decide to become pregnant, like they're helping you, like, Along you know? your journey, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, a relationship. It's, it's, it's a very important relationship and it's okay to change providers. It's okay to say, you know, this is not working for me. Let me find somebody else. And like the best people usually ask me, like the best way is to ask your friends, your mom, your sister, like who they use or who they recommend. That's usually um, the best way to find a provider that you, you may click with. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, because Google will help you in that sense. Um, I mean, right. you can try and see if it works, but... <laughs> right. Yeah, the word of mouth is is the best um, recommendation. The Absolutely, best. I've I, I was speaking to one of my doctors. I'm like, well, how do you pick your doctors? Like, well, I don't pick doctors from my other doctor friends. I just usually ask like my friends because. I don't want, from a doctor's perspective, I don't want to know who another, I want to know from like the people, like if everybody's going to this doctor, that's maybe somebody I should look into possibly using, like, and you can interview doctors. Like when mm-hmm. I was pregnant, I interviewed my midwife, like, Hey, these are what, this is what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? We came up with a plan, you know, and I agreed to use their services for my, the, the birth of my child. So it's, yeah. it's a very important relationship. And it's one that I always like tell all women like you have to find somebody of some sort of clinician that you trust that you can turn to for these issues yeah that that's paramount and I remember when I was pregnant with my first um I had an OBGYN she was nice enough but I remember in the first like first two visits like we were talking about c-sections and I'm like for what like I don't have any like <laughs> is it too, was, too soon like right? we talking about 40 weeks can we do 41 right. you understand uh, like and there was no complications like there was nothing to mm. prompt the discussion so I was my husband I'm just like you know I don't like that he's like okay so she's fired like he was just so like mm, matter of fact like, right mm-hmm. I'm just like well he's like no no no, no. he's like like she will be delivering our baby like Mm -hmm. if you have a gut feeling that says otherwise she's fired let's move on and I was like dang it's that simple ain't it (laughs) men make it so simple don't they like oh yeah well yeah you're right yeah you're right like yeah let's move on we're done here yes so so oh another thing that I love talking to you about is um our choices when it comes to our um, feminine like hygiene and our mm-hmm. menstrual product. What is your preferred 
um, method. Yeah. So I personally, and when I tell you guys that I would never ever think that I would be one to convert to like menstrual cups and menstrual discs, I mean, believe me, like, I'm like, this is gross, but you know, I, that's, that's what I prefer now. Like I literally had a conversation with my sister this morning about like menstrual cups and how to use them. I've also recently discovered menstrual discs. Um, so it's, that was interesting, but I, I also, I love those as well. Like, and the reason I love them is that, you know, they're simple to use once you get the hang of it. Um, and then I can keep it in for up to 12 hours, which for me makes sense if I'm like running around and I'm a nurse, I'm on the floor and I don't always get to get, get a chance to leave, whatever. Um, so it's, it holds what I need to hold. I empty it out, I rinse it out and I, I can keep going and it, it's, it saves the environment. You know, I'm sort of a quasi greenie. So I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. It saves my coins. Cause I literally told her this morning, like, I don't think I bought like tampons in over a year. Like wow. I just, I haven't had the need to. Um, and they're reusable. They're that you have to get over the kind of there's like a ick factor to it initially, because mm-hmm. you know you have to fold it. You got to shove your finger up there. You know you might see mm-hmm. blood, but after that, uh, if you, once you get the hang of it in the seal, I, I'm like a total convert now. I like I love them. Not to say there's anything wrong with like ta- pa- tampons or pads, but that mm-hmm. for me personally, I, I like my my discs and my cups. You know, I, for me see I'm trying to get to that point where I try one out since I feel like with every child I become like Mm. heavier um like my flow is worse with Mm. so I'm thinking two things like like how much can they hold like what's the capacity (laughs) I don't want to be like shopping or something (laughs) like a red wedding and like in my pants (laughs) or or if I go to like the insertion is fine Mm -hmm. the removal piece is what like oh man like that's what I feel like there's a serious learning curve so it's okay so with the depending on which cup you get. So I use like various brands. I'm not married to one. So one of the ones that I use, I think I, I want to say it's up to six liters of blood, which is, oh, uh, I don't know what the, what the equivalent to pads or tampons on. So it's, it's a good amount. Now it depends on your flow. Like if you are flow heavier, you may have to change it more often. Like my mm-hmm. flow is kind of a regular flow, so I can keep it in for a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. The removal with an actual cup, the because it's, you know, it's sitting your uterus is kind of like tilted back. So it's sitting kind of back. So you can kind of like, you have to unseal it because it's pretty much suction to your uterus. So you unseal it and you just pull it out, like you pull it straight out and then, you know, it's fine. You just dump it, rinse your cup off. Or if you don't, you kind of, you know, there's different things. We've got um, different foam washes and whatever. And then you can just insert it and put it right back in. I do... I always recommend, so when I tried it, I recommend starting, you know, uh, during a period where you know you're going to be at home. So, yeah. you know, if anything goes wrong, you can kind of be like, oh, this, this, I didn't get my seal right. This is, this is a mess. <laughs> um, and I do, I couple it still, even though I know that it works. I, I also use um, period panties. Mm-hmm. So I use my cup and my period panties. So if for some reason I didn't seal my cup correctly I got my period panties as a backup so I always recommend that to people who are you know initially starting out so as we wrap up I always like to ask for a book recommendation and it could be about anything at all so what would you recommend so the most the book that I read recently that I'm like oh my gosh this is so wonderful it's called the vagina bible and I wish I had a cut my copy here I can't remember who wrote it it's called the vagina bible so it's written by uh OBGYN and she goes through like 
all the most common questions that somebody would ask about like vagina, sexual health and all that stuff. And she kind of lays it out like plain and simple based on science. So um, I can't remember who recommended it to me, but I read it. It's an, an amazing book. And it like for people who want to know more about their reproductive and sexual health, it gives you a, a good foundation on why things are the way they are. So that is my definitely my recommendation for 2021. Nice. So I will link that down in the show notes. Nice, nice. And the last thing I would like to ask you is, because we need a just, we all need some joy in our lives. What is the last thing that made you smile or brought you some joy? Oh, goodness. What has brought, so even though, you know, we're still on lockdown with the pandemic and um, I, I work from, I work out of my office still so like I'm in the hospital still I still have to go into work and my my husband and my daughter they are at home but the time that we spent during over the holidays like it was just us and even though Christmas was different it was just like the three of us it was like a good time just because you know we actually had time to spend with one another we played little you know games she's six we played all these different games and we really just enjoyed each other's company and so if it had been any other year I don't think we would have had that opportunity just because we would have been like running back and forth and doing all sorts of crazy stuff so I I appreciated that time and you know um, she's young now and we might not have those years in the future where she wants to hang out with us so yeah man I agree a thousand percent that was um, our situation this year this year we didn't even um we didn't I didn't cook for Christmas like you know <laughs> I'm not in the mood my husband's like okay so what do you eat I'm like who's open right what we like, got he's like you know Chinese or Japanese like oh, let's do Ch- let's do Japanese so. <laughs> We ate takeout. We watched movies together. I introduced my six-year-old to um, Home Alone 2. Ah, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> and we just had a good time. Like, just doing nothing, just being right. together. So I right. get that. Because, yeah. like, like you said, otherwise it would have been, like, at this thing, at that thing. Right. At this relative's house or had people over or whatever. So, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. To take on things. Yes. So thank you so, so much. Thanks again for tuning in to the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything you've heard on the show, please visit www.thebewellsis.com. I'm looking forward to chatting again soon, but in the meantime, be well, sis.